Welcome back to the Sector One podcast. I'm Sid. I'm with Lily and Maris today. And today we're going to be talking through both Deria Epris, so round two and round three. We usually do the pyramid when we're doing Formula One, but we wanted to change up a bit. We did mention it last week that we wanted to do something, but we weren't too sure what that was. I've gone away, had a little think, and I've come up with something. Let's go to the all charged up battery. <laughs> Right, all charged up means that we have we have two bottom drivers and these just are our bottom guys and then we have the two top guys. So it's not the same in, it, in the sense it's a sliding scale, it's two bad drivers and two great drivers. So starting off right at the bottom of the battery, he's not very charged up this weekend, it is Stoffel Van Dorn. And I just think he's been disappointing since the start of the Formula E season, I know we're three races in. But there's been so much expectation surrounding him after the championship win last year, three races in, and he's not really got anything to show for it. He finished race one of Diria P11, and race two, he finished P20. It's just not what he's wanting to do. What do you guys make of Stoff's performance? I actually, in race one, I know it sounds really bad, but I forgot he was racing in race one, so I heard one of the commentators say his name, because... Obviously, I haven't followed like, the off-season announcements and things like that. I'm just like watching the races and the qualifiers. And I heard his name. I thought, God, he's there. Because, you know, obviously from last season, I didn't expect him to be um, P11 and P20, personally. I know, obviously, you know, team, things like that. It's not all on the driver. But maybe a bit of it's on the driver, let's, let's be honest. Yeah, exactly. It's like... I know it's the start of the season and everyone's trying to get to used to their new cars, particularly with the fact it's Gen 3. But it's Stoffel Van Dorn for crying out loud. This man has, he, he oozes experience. He's experienced in F1. He's experienced in Formula E as well. Like, yeah. come on. Maris, what did you think? Yeah, it was really disappointing. And I want him to do well, because as I said last week, if anybody goes back and watches that preview video, I go, Van Dorn's going to do great this season and he's not. He's literally, like, in Diria, he didn't even score a point. And, like, his teammate, Jean-Eric Verne, isn't even doing that well either. And they were the two drivers we thought were going to be amazing because they've got loads of experience. They're both world champions. So I was thinking, you know, even with the rule changes, they might have an advantage because they know much more of the sport. And then you've got people like Jake Hughes coming through and getting, like, top five finishes, top ten finishes, and he's a rookie. So for us to not even hear his name in a whole race is really not that great for someone who's meant to be defending the championship. Yeah, I completely agree, Lily, with what you said as well about how you forgot he's even there because, oh, yeah, Stoffel is still racing in Formula yeah, he's E. he's got a seat. I obviously think some of it could lie with the team because, like you said, neither of them are doing that that well. So I think it could lie with the team. You know, they've just, for whatever reason, you know, we see team when there's, like, new cars, new regulations, we see teams struggling like, in the first season of it. And obviously it is quite a big change. So... Maybe, you know, some teams have just got it really right and unfortunately um, stuff's pulled the short straw and um, his team haven't quite got it right. This is random, but it relates to Stoffel's team. Their team principal, yeah. Mr. Penske, looks yeah. so like Tom Cruise. It's like, I think it's a mixture of Tom <laughs> Cruise and Robert Pattinson because it's not quite just one of them. So I think it's, it's a lot of Tom Cruise and a little pinch of Robert Pattinson in there. No, I agree with that, actually. I can see that. I was th I was trying to put my finger on who it was. And then when you said it yesterday, I was like, yeah, that's that's who I'm trying it to It really think freaked of. me out when I was looking at yeah. it. I was like, 
like, hello, are you okay? I couldn't put my finger on who he looks like. Joey Knight, he was like, he looks just like someone, but I could not put my finger on it. And then the second you messaged that, I was like, okay, yeah, that's it. That is who it is. That is who is on my screen. Right, let's move on. He's literally like the only, sorry, I'm just going to say, he's like the only noticeable person right now in that team. I'm not hearing any of them, but as soon as we see the team principal, we're like, it's Tom Cruise. I'm like, here oh is. my God, they're literally, the team are doing that badly. <laughs> It's a shame. It's a shame. But let's move on to another driver. So our second not so great driver of the weekend is Mr. Lucas Degrassi. And you might think, well, Lucas Degrassi won in Mexico. What what the hell are you on about? Yeah, he won. But that's more reason for him to still have performance this weekend in Diria. I know it's a different track, but it's the same car. And we take a look at Dennis and Verline, which we will talk about soon. And they managed to have very consistent performances. It was practically the same as last, their performance in Mexico. So why is Degrassi's performance so drastically different to the one in Mexico City? He finished P13, yeah, he finished P13 in race one and then P15 in race two. Not so great. I think race two was probably worse. No, better, better. Race two was better because he started P20 and made up five positions. Race one, he did lose six positions. So clearly something isn't gelling there. And we know Lucas Degrassi is going into Mahindra to give that experience to them, I feel. I feel like that's kind of the dynamic there with Oliver Rowland. Um, and this weekend, it just was not there. Would you guys agree? Yeah, I think it's disappointing, like you said, coming from yeah. a win. Because it shows they've got the car, like you said, different track completely different track completely different you know temperatures everything like that was different like everything but if the car can win one race they've clearly got the pace to be in the points at least like minimum be in the points not even like podium but just you know score a point at least please but i was yeah he just wasn't there and i, I was quite it's quite a shame because i really like the team i really really am a big fan of the team but He's let me down. I don't know. I don't, I'm talking as if he's like my child. That he's let me down. But he's let me down this weekend. I think it's because I stood on his toe in London. It could, I think it could be that. Actually. <laughs> I think you've really thrown him off. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. He's still recovering. He's still recovering yeah. from that. <laughs> honest. I think. Also, I keep looking at Oliver Rowland's performances and his teammate, and he is all, Oliver Rowland's nowhere. He's been last in basically every race. When Degrassi won, Rowland was basically last. And I'm thinking whether it's maybe a car issue and Degrassi was just that good in Mexico that he managed to do well. And maybe this track doesn't suit his car. But as you said, we've seen Dennis and Verlein literally carry their car top three in Diria and in Mexico. So obviously you can adapt. And I guess it might be a new team thing, but just the same with like Van Dorn and Vern. He's really experienced, so he should be up there. You know what? It could have even been like an ounce of luck in Mexico that win could have been you know he was just driving incredibly he was in a league of his own kind of thing yeah nothing to do with the car and just the driver but when you see a driver go from p1 to what p13 and p15 it's a bit like you okay are you all right do you need yeah (laughs) just a bit disappointing i think for every party involved i think it's because it's like like stuff again like the team just might not have developed the car correctly or they've done something tweet to set up or they've done something thinking oh yeah that'll work more here in the area and it's it's not worked it's actually in the back mm-hmm. right let's move on so we can speak about things more positively because i'm sick of all this all this criticism negativity yeah 
we're going on to the man, the myth, the legend that is Jake Dennis. Now, favorite driver. Yeah. He absolutely. Not that we have a bias. No bias at all. But <laughs> this man is insane. I'm going to say the same thing when we talk about Pascal Verline. But Jake Dennis really, really, really impressed me this weekend. I think in race two, he made eight overtakes to get into his position. He was stuck in a bit of what seemed like a train, but then he managed to get through it. Once he was through, it was it was done. You know what I mean? It's just incredible. I really was not expecting a podium at all from him this weekend based on the qualifying pace, which we will discuss later on. But the man still managed to do it. That car is so, so racy. Just take a look at Andre Lotterer. Where was he? Can you can you remember where he finished? Because I, no. I can't remember where he finished. <laughs> Not clear. Which should suggest that it wasn't that great in comparison to Jake Dennis, who's P2. I think he is an incredibly talented driver, but the car is definitely helping him out a lot too. Jake Dennis didn't put a foot wrong in either of the races this weekend. How excited were you guys about this man's performance? I think he's probably the most talented driver on the grid at the moment. Maybe that's, you know, I don't know if that's a little bit, a little bit too ambitious, but I honestly think he is. I think, like I said, race one, I was like, oh, okay, this is not not ideal. His starting position wasn't the best. Expected a little bit more maybe, but, you know, he made it up and, yeah, I would say he's the most talented. I'd even go as far to say, you know, as much as, you know, we'll talk about Pascal Verline in a minute, but I'd go as far to say that I'd, think Jake's going to win the championship even though he might he might not have he might not have the lead as I I don't think he's got the lead right Pascal's now. Pascal's ahead at the minute. Yeah, I was going to say I do think that he's ahead but I would go as far as to say I think the championship's in his pocket if he keeps driving how he is. Obviously I think they need to sort out the qualifying pace because that isn't clearly isn't there clearly isn't where it needs to be but I'd go as far as to say that he's got the championship. Do you know what though what's great about Jake Dennis Jake Dennis and Pascal Verline is they don't need the qualifying pace that's what's no. so flabbergasting yeah, is that so they talented. don't need it. Yeah. They're that great. Their car is right behind them that they don't need to qualify P1, P2. They don't even need to be in the top five in order to get a top two top two um, performance in the race. Jake yeah. Dennis on Saturday, on Friday, sorry, started P11, finished P2. And then on Saturday, he started P6 and ended P2. It's You can't fault the man. No, you cannot I fault it. When you look at someone as talented as him, obviously I'm not saying that... Formula E isn't a good championship to be in because it is like, it's on the rise if Channel 4 showed it more often but it is on the rise um, I think it's sad to see a talent like this not make it into an F1 team because you can't even imagine the things he'd be able to do in an F1 team and the things he'd be able to do as an F1 driver and I think it's quite sad to see him slip through the net I'm not like I said I'm not saying Formula E isn't a good championship for him to be in because he's showing his talent there but it would be nice to see the likes of Jake Dennis in a, in a Formula 1 team one day um, I think it's sometimes I'm glad they qualify a bit lower down only because it means we get an exciting race if Dennis was P1 every race and he'd just be charging into the distance I'd be like love you Dennis but can you just like you know have a little spin just make it more exciting but he has shown us in Mexico that he can literally lead from the front he finished what nearly eight seconds ahead of everybody and he can overtake as well and also you know manage his energy he had loads more than everyone around him and it's those set of skills, not even the overtaking part, but everything else that Formula E throws at you, attack mode, energy management, he can do everything. And it's those qualities that mean they become champions because you can be a fast driver, but if you finish with 0%, there's no point. You might as well have just not started the race. So, yeah, incredibly impressive. 
Do you know what Pascal and Jake Dennis are giving me this year? They're giving me Max Verstappen 2022 vibes. That's what yeah. I'm getting at the minute. <laughs> yeah, Just no, good at everything, basically. Yeah, exactly, an all-rounder. Um, yeah. Let's move on to the other person. I'm sure you can imagine who's in the top because we've mentioned him enough already. Yeah. It is Pascal Verlein. Double win in Diria. Absolutely clinical from this man. Well, technically yeah. not clinical because he didn't start from pole. It would be clinical if he started from there. But he started race one, P9, and then race two, P5. And in both of those, managed to make it up all the way to the front. And personally, I think the second race was a better performance from him in terms of the technique and the strategy because he conserved his energy for quite a while. For a lot of it, you didn't really think he was going to come up because you were seeing Mitch Evans, Jake Hughes and Rene Rast battling with each other. And then all of a sudden, Pascal Verlein comes out of nowhere. He conserved his energy whilst the top three fought out and then he took his opportunity and made it work absolutely incredibly. I think he's a strong talent. I always say I think he deserved more of a time in Formula One because if he was having these kind of performances there, absolutely incredible. He went from having one win when he came into this weekend to going away with now three wins to his name. I think he's going to be incredibly chuffed with that. Yeah, you can't fault his performance from this weekend. What do you guys think about it? Yeah, I honestly thought it was amazing. And because he's in that Porsche car and the last few years... He's sort of been branded with, oh, Porsche only good in Mexico. It's the only place they get wins and podiums and poles. And he's come here and he's literally proved everybody wrong. And it's just nice to see and nice to see that that car can adapt to different tracks and he can. And that we do, that like one driver isn't going to run away with it. We've now got these two drivers who is amazing to me how they both started solo down and they it ended up P1, P2 in both races. It's one of those things where you see them sort of like, where was he, P5 in race two where he started. And you you weren't really watching him, you are watching the battle above, and all of a sudden he just sneaks in and overtakes like three of them in the space of like five laps. And you're just like, where the hell did that come from? You weren't watching him, you weren't thinking, oh, he has a chance because of, you know, how low down he was. And it, yeah, I don't know what to say. I'm amazed. And especially how his teammate, Da Costa, is literally meant to be, he was a world champion a couple of years ago, and he's nowhere as well. So I think, especially with Dennis and Verlein, the fact that they're staying with their teams is really proving to be the best idea for this season. Certainly, completely agree with you on that. Lily? I think this man's never had a chance to show his talent properly in F1. And I think it's really nice. It's the opposite of what we said about Jake. It's it's nice to see him show his talent somewhere else because he never showed it in F1. We can all admit that he was not... He was a bit crap in F1, let's just be honest. And, you know, it was a double win... the driving, everything about him this weekend has just proven that he's like a class A driver. Like that's all, all you can say about him. I'm not going to say he's the most talented because I do still think that lies with, with Mr. Mr. Jake Dennis. But I think he's it's going to be a hard championship for Jake to win because, you know, got someone like, someone like Mr. Verline there. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one, but I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of Pascal and Jake at the front. You know what? I actually missed yesterday's race because I was out and I caught up with it when I was home. But before I managed to catch up, I did see our post of the podium. And I honestly thought the social media team had had a blunder. I thought I thought they'd got it wrong. I was like, oh God, we've just posted something which is wrong because obviously <laughs> Jake and Pascal did not move from their positions at all. Um, But was very, very happy to find out that that was, in fact, the race result. 
let's move on and go on to a little bit more in depth of some of the stuff which happened during the race. Let's start the the e-review, shall we say. Let's start with Sam Bird's incredible performance. He obviously finished P3 in race one, and then I think it was P4 in race two as well. So he was consistently up there. This man has not had a podium since season seven before this in New York, and now he's done it. And I think it was really emotional to see him do so well because I feel like he'd given up on himself a little bit. I feel like he lost a bit of his mojo. He wasn't feeling as confident in himself. And I really feel like this has just pulled him right back together. I don't know if you saw in qualifying when Mitch Evans was through to the jewels, you could see Sandbird and the team principal sat in the garage. And he was so happy. He was smiling. He was playing with his hair for the camera. He was in a really, really high spirits, despite the fact he didn't even make it to the jewels in that race. Um, But I just think it's so great to see. He's been showing so much potential in both of these races even though they were starting behind other people, they still managed to get up to the front. Um, yeah, I was highly impressed with Sandberg. Maris, Maris and Lily, actually, you're both long, longer-term fans of Formula E than I am. How great is it to see Bird showing what a talent he actually is? I may have shed a little tear. A slight <laughs> little tear. Just because, it honestly, it, he makes me so happy, and I can't explain why. It just it brings warmth to my heart when I see him on the screen. And I think he's an amazing driver as well, obviously. I think... Obviously, last season wasn't wasn't quite there for him, unfortunately. But I think if you know these these two races are anything to go by, I would like to see him on the podium again. I'd like to see him fighting at the front again. I'd like to see him not even get through to the jewels because I like to see him overtake. You know, I like to watch that man doing overtake because you know if that man is behind you, it's probably getting past. You know, or he's going to die trying. Let's be honest, he'll go into the wall trying. So. Yeah, it brought me a lot of happiness to take my laptop down to my dad and show him Sam Bird making overtakes in race one. That brought brought, us, brought the house a lot of happiness. So yeah, that's my thought. Maris? Yeah, honestly, Sam Bird has been one of my favourite drivers since it started. He's been in it since season one. And I think he had the run up until maybe season six or seven where he was the only driver to have won a race in every single season. And instantly I was like, Lewis Hamilton vibes straight away. And then when he had that really horrible season last year and Mitch Evans was fighting for the championship and Sam was nowhere near him, it was so devastating because I was like, we know he's got the talent and he just wasn't really settling in at Jaguar. But to come back and he got the podium on his 100th race, which must have felt so nice to be like, right, I'm still in it. He's sort of a veteran of the sport, which sounds crazy, but to see him actually do really well and Jaguar in general, like pick up the pace this weekend compared to Mexico is great to see because it means we've got another team fighting for the championship. And I love seeing Sam Bird smile. It's just so nice for him. And like, he's such a normal guy as well. He reminds me of Vettel a little bit because he's just so happy and he's yeah. like a family man. And yeah, that that's so accurate. Head. That's scarily accurate. Now you said that, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I, I just love him so much. He just brings so much happiness to the sport. And I actually dread the day he isn't in the sport, I'm going to be honest. I, I dread that day. Well, let's segue from one Jaguar driver to the other. Mitch Evans had an all right weekend in general, but I want to talk about the end of race two in Diria. Jake Hughes ran out of energy right as we're about to approach the finish line and Mitch Evans gets stuck right behind him and actually ends up pushing Jake Hughes 
over the finish line and in doing so getting stuck behind Hughes and pushing him over it meant that Wemmy got to make the leap on both of the drivers and get ahead I feel like that must be the most frustrating way to end a race possible I can't think of anything more annoying than a driver running out of energy in front of you and you there's nothing you could do because you've got Wemmy on this side no other track space and so you just have to push the other guy across the finish line could it get any worse for Mitch Evans, really, no, in terms of that's luck? Why, that's why everyone loves Formula E, though, because it's such a... You, you don't see that happening in F1, let's be honest. You don't see most of the things that happen in Formula E happening in Formula 1. You don't see them overtaking for the majority of the race. You don't see someone being pushed over the finish line because they've run out of battery. You don't see anything like that. And I think that's what makes the sport so fun. It's just... Obviously not for Mitch Evans. It's not fun for him. It'd be quite sad for him. But for the... As like a, is it a spectator, is that the word I'm looking for? Yeah. yeah. As a spectator watching it, it makes it really enjoyable to see something so bizarre that like what, how is, what, where, how, why happen, but probably is the worst possible look for Mitch Evans. Definitely. Maris, what was going through your head when you saw that? Did you understand immediately what was going on? Did, you, did it take you a second? Well, I was looking at the timing screens and I was thinking a lot of people have not got lots of energy. And I was like, are any of them going to make it? Because Dennis was like 0.4. Verline was like 1%. He was chilling in P1. But everyone else had very low energy. And I was like, is this going to be another race where like barely any people finish? And then I saw literally Mitch Evans like underneath Jake Hughes just pushing him. Jake was probably like, thanks, mate. Otherwise, he wouldn't have made it probably. Wouldn't have classified. But, yeah. But I just, I do think it's really, it's quite funny, to be honest. Because, as Lily said, that literally couldn't happen anywhere else. If that happened in F1, they'd be smashed to pieces. But all they do is, like, break the little camera on the front wing and that's it. And, yeah, I do, it's just, yeah. I feel like it's not even the weirdest thing that's happened in Formula E either. No, no it really isn't. That, yeah, no, that's one of the most <laughs> normal things that happens on a race weekend, let's be honest. Like, the things that happen in that sport just make it, that's what makes it enjoyable for everyone to watch like, even people aren't the biggest motorsport fans if they watch a Formula the re-race probably will convert them definitely definitely right so our last other talking point that i want to touch upon today is just about a certain team it kind of follows on from my last point let's talk a little bit about neom mclaren because they are certainly impressing this year they've got a rookie jake hughes on their team and then they also have Rene rast who has a little bit of experience under his belt Rene rast managed to get the team's first podium this weekend in race two and Jake Hughes managed to get their first pole position of the season too. Jake Hughes, I don't want to talk about Rennie Rast because podium, well done, incredible, very impressed. Yeah. Jake Hughes, I, when I saw that he was announced, I wasn't expecting much. I was like, I feel like I've seen this guy's name so many times and I haven't really seen much success ever come of it. Walks into Formula E and he's Mr. Consistency. He is the George Russell of Formula E now. He's, he's an insane driver. I think obviously he started a lot later, if I remember. He started his racing career a lot later than any other drivers, like literally like 10 years later than most of the drivers started. So obviously he's on the older side in a way. But yeah, I think as a rookie in a new team, new everything, to get that pole position was insane. Like I, when you see something, you're like, oh, is that right? Is someone... Is someone playing a prank on me here? Like, is this correct? <laughs> because it just didn't seem right for him to be on pole. It, 
that doesn't sound too harsh to Jake Hughes. Like, in the nicest like, way possible. We weren't yeah, expecting like, it. Mm. Like you said, he's been in so many, like, you know, F2 for as long as we can remember F3. Like he's done all of the categories that we've watched back the past few years and he's just always been there or thereabouts. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe the odd time he'll get a P3 if he's lucky, but he's never been fighting for anything. And I think to see his name on pole position for the Arena's first season was insane. It yeah. shows the talent. I think yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, when I honestly, when I saw Mercedes were going to be leaving Formula E and they had just become like double back to back champions and they had big names like Stoffel Van Don, Nick de Vries, and they announced a McLaren was going to be Rene Rass and Jake Hughes, I was like, mm, a bit worried about this team. I was like, I don't know if they're going to do well. They haven't really got much experience or like anything. And they come in and they qualify both cars top 10, top five finishes, podium already. And like we said, the likes of Van Dorn hasn't even got a podium yet. It's just, it's crazy. It is really strange. Yeah. Himself. Sorry, go on. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's the opposite of what you were saying, Maris. Um, we were saying how, you know, Jake Dennis and Pascal Verline stuck with the teams that they were with last season. And it worked really, really well for them in this season so far. It's it's playing out perfectly. But the guys who seem to have changed teams, it seems to be a little bit more tricky for them, particularly with the new Gen 3 cars. They don't seem to be performing as well as the guys who've stuck. But McLaren, brand new team, brand new driver, and they're performing absolutely incredibly. It's the complete opposite. And I think it's so, so nice to see them doing so well. Because just like you said, Maris, I was very concerned for what was going to happen for the team bearing in mind Mercedes left after all their successes they had two insane drivers on their team and then we get two relatively unexperienced guys join the team in terms of Formula E I was surprised but I've been pleasantly surprised in the season itself Lily what were you going to say I just I think Rene Raffs I think the issue with him is his experience isn't in Formula cars mm-hmm. his experience and I will say I think he's an amazing driver in you know WEC, GT everything like that that he's done in the past but I think his experience isn't in Formula cars and that's why I was a bit like oh is this really the best idea for a new team but he you know as much as Jake Hughes is sort of taking the biscuit because pole that's insane but I think Rene Raffs just yeah, I don't really know how to word what I'm trying to say, but you think you kind of understand what I mean about Rene Raff. I feel like I he's a bit of an underdog. Elsewhere. Yeah, and his experience mm. is elsewhere. Like, most of them have come from Formula Series. Like, you know, Formula 2, Formula 3, even some from F1. Like, they've all come from the series like that, or like mm-hmm. single-seaters, whereas he isn't from single-seaters in the recent years. I think that's the difference, and it sort of balances out. Maybe that's why Jake's better at qualifying and Rake's, Rene's done, like, a better, better race and got a podium. Balance itself out. All right, well, let, let's round this podcast off then and let's round it off with our driver of the day. I think it's probably all going to be the same kind of caliber of driver. I'm going to start, I'm going to go with Jake Dennis because I like the guy anyway and he yes. had an incredible performance. So I'll have to go with that. Maris, who's your driver of the day? Um, I'm going to go with Pascal Verline because I think before this weekend, we always, I didn't really think of him as much. The only time I ever thought, he'd done well was in Mexico and to see him perform somewhere else and you know have P1 twice in a row from even one from outside the top 10 is great to see and Lily driver of the day I think I'm going to go with Jake Hughes for mine just because I think he's always had such crap luck in everything I think he's had crap luck in everything and I just feel really sorry for the guy and I think to get Paul sort of shown that he's, he's not He's not this, you know, P20, seven years in F2 driver. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's not like that. He's better than that. Yeah. 
Well, that was the Diria Epre review. It was a jam-packed race. It's definitely, but well, both of the races were both jam-packed. It's definitely one to go back and watch if you missed it. We will be back. I have no idea what comes next. I think the India Epre will be the first race. I'm trying to think of when Formula One starts up again. But I yeah. think I think we'll be back for the Hyderabad Epre. I can't pronounce. <laughs> Places I names, but it's gonna go a lot. We'll see you next time.